airwave, and you can take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features, and we give them away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Coming up, an update. A little bit of good news, apparently about a cop who did something naughty and might actually be getting in trouble. This is a rarity. It is rare that it uh, that it happens that a police officer who's caught doing something even on video uh, gets in trouble for it, but we'll uh, we'll get into some of the details on that case in a moment. First we go to your phone calls. You can call in about anything. Gary is in Montana. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello Gary. Hello, how are you? What's on your mind tonight, Gary? Um uh, well, um, being on Facebook, I'm putting out a lot of news. I listen to Alex Jones a lot and putting out news about what's going on with the government. And what, my is, wife what is going to, on with the government? Um, okay, I'm, you got me on that one. <laughs> I, well, how are you putting um, out the new news? New world order stuff and huh? the government controlling everything, getting into our lives and stuff. Okay. okay. Um, I found a website. I don't know if it's – you guys may have heard about it. Um it's called Directive Directive sixty three. That sounds ominous. What's that all about? Do what? Isn't that the one where the uh, stormtroopers were told to shoot all the Jedi? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It is. I might have missed that one. <laughs> um, it's just it it makes it look good, but it's actually it's like a it's a government site that um, they supposedly go into criminal investigations on people in the internet. Um, I didn't know. I thought I thought I was getting a hold of Alex Jones, and they said you guys produce the Alex Jones show. So, who said uh, well, that? Well, I could get it? you guys who, the information. <laughs> who said that? We don't. We have no ties uh, whatsoever to the Alex Jones show. Who, who told Other you than that? we're on the same network. Well, said you was on the same network. Oh, okay. And it's correct. Sorry, my bad. On. So, what's this Directive sixty three now? It's actually it's a. It provides information and assurance of digital forensics uh, and intelligence gathering to private and public sectors in an effort to help protect America's critical infrastructure. It was inspired by the 1998 presidential directive under Bill Clinton. Uh, core mission follows the general principles of PDD-63. I don't know what that is. Um, it's it's it doesn't very sound unusual. quite as... Uh, find it, it, they have a website. It's called www.directive63.com. I'm on a directive 60, or D3, d63.us, so let's see. Uh, so they're do, basically they're doing investigations for the, the government? Is that the idea? Um, I, I'm not really sure. I just kind of... My wife stumbled upon it, and I'm looking at it right now on Facebook. Okay. So um, what, what do you think the relevance of this is? I believe it is a, a police action for poli- a government action for policing the internet. So, and and you know this because just from what it it talks about, it's got a it kind of has a good you know it's got a good cover story to it. But a lot the people who have logged onto it, they're it's very secretive, kind of like the Bilderberg Group. What uh, what is it that you uh, you believe will be done here? I mean, you're talking about controlling the internet. What what do you believe? Uh, well, they want to they want to pass it where they actually Facebook. The government's putting the screws to Facebook about getting information from their users, like mm. getting uh, if you have something on your Facebook page, 
they'll be they will be able to go in and look at it and look at all your information. I know they can do that now. Right. But Facebook does it on their own, but when the government starts sticking its nose in it, that's a whole different ball game. Uh, let me just say, I, I agree with you in general that uh, the government getting involved in the internet is a is a real bad thing. No doubt about that. I don't know what this uh, Directive sixty three is. It doesn't really. Uh, frighten me necessarily any more so than the idea of the government getting involved in the internet just in general. Right. If if that's the name of the program that the government's using to get um get people's information from um you know d- different organizations on the internet, not just Facebook, I suspect the government's already doing that whenever they darn well feel like it. Anyway, thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Luther, are you uh, are you intimidated by this uh, directive sixty three? Terribly intimidated. Yeah, I just. Okay, so we know the government wants to control the Internet. I mean, obviously, they're control freaks. So, yeah, they want to control the Internet. They're probably a bevy of different uh, companies and websites and whoever that they would work with in order to you know, bring that control about. Yeah, Facebook right. doesn't concern me. I mean, people have been had lots of concerns about the privacy on Facebook, and they say that it's diminishing. And I, you know, that doesn't sound good to me, but I don't consider facebook my biggest worry i mean there's a lot of other websites that i actually do give real information to right i don't have my real birthday on facebook <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't even have my real name on facebook right yeah so, if you want to protect your privacy you you sure can't count on corporations to do it whether we're talking about facebook or google or or most of the other ones out there uh they as a corporation they're beholden to the state and if the government people come along and they say well we need to see this this and this uh they're going to do it in fact, we've uh, we had this website up here that was launched for the purpose of tracking the government bureaucrats and uh, creating files on them, basically with public and publicly available information, just putting it all in one place uh, about the different people that are are aggressors in the government. And uh, and that site was taken down within two weeks of it being put online. Publicparasites.com. It was it's probably still offline because uh, the a couple of the bureaucrats got very upset about that, and the police department in Nashua, New Hampshire. And they sent a threatening letter to the the host of the website. And even though in the terms and conditions, uh, somebody took a look at it and they said, look, this we have not violated your terms and conditions here. That doesn't matter. The website operator or the uh, the server operator was frightened because they got a threatening letter from the police department. Doesn't matter about the, you know, the law. Doesn't matter. Free speech doesn't matter. The terms and uh, conditions don't matter. At the well, contract... No, contract doesn't matter. Uh, hopefully, the uh, people will be able to get their money back because they paid in advance for uh, for the site. And none of that matters. What matters is there was a threatening letter that came from a police department. That's it. That's all that matters to the companies. They don't want. They don't want to get into that. They don't. They don't want to get into. You know, most of them don't want to get into standing up for for your free speech. Right. They just roll right over then. Exactly. And I, I know there are some exceptions to that. And hopefully they'll be able to track down one of those exceptions or maybe go with an out-of-the-U.S. Uh, host. That Seems would, like that would have been the obvious thing from the get-go. That, that would solve the problem. So mm. anyway, uh, yeah, if the government wants to take control of the Internet, then uh, I, I trust that the Internet people will do their best to uh, prevent that from happening. And that's yep. all I can do. There's a huge, huge movement for uh, you, you know free speech on the Internet. Huge movement. And... I don't know that I don't know what the government could do against it. It, it would be it, it would be interesting to see. Let's go to your phone calls and continue with Roy listening in New York. Roy, you're on Free Talk Live, the Ian Luther and Mark. Hey, guys. Roy, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I was just uh, thinking I've been in two riots in my life. 
And uh, they were really crazy experiences. Just, uh, you know, I was always curious about it before I was able to be in one. And um, it's just insane to see, you know, people that normally wouldn't um, do things like, you know, whatever. They wouldn't even just key a car just for fun or something. But I saw people would get together and flip over cars and, you know, try to set them on fire and smash windows and all that kind of thing. I didn't participate, you know, because I got that problem you know where i respect other people's property yeah mobs are pretty scary i mean the 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 group think or mob mentality is very dangerous yeah you never know psychology is bizarre if anybody listening knows anything about social psychology or something i'd love to hear kind of a more academic explanation for it but these were kind of celebratory riots they were for um basically for a, a super bowl victories this is the, the kind of riot that I least understand. The sports yeah, riot. I yeah, I don't understand it either. But the sports I mean, riot when your team wins. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's asinine enough when the team loses because you're destroying people's property over what some sports team did, but it's even more asinine when the team wins that you go and destroy some stuff. Uh, yeah, as, far as, the, as far as psychology is concerned, uh, do either of you know more about groupthink and uh, the mob mentality? That, uh, you can talk not about? terribly. Maybe some of our listeners would just, know. Just yeah. from what I've observed. I mean. Yeah, they could explain it. I've been in several riots, but they're all in prison, and they weren't but by, uh, by people that you wouldn't expect it from. Yeah. They're by people you absolutely would expect it from, and they were terrible, bloody, awful things. Roy, thanks for the call. We'll put the question out there. If somebody has some comments, uh, further comments for Roy on riots and the group mob mentality, 800-259-9231. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL, that's FTL is in Free Talk Live, and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. You can bring up absolutely anything. And joining you tonight, it is Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got our Shrine of Female listeners there. Dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo or video showing their listeners of this program. You can go to shrine.freetalklive.com, and if you're a lady listener, you can learn how to get involved over there. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. And from creating new and old media to political action to civil disobedience and market-based activism, you'll find more pro-freedom activism than you likely ever imagined possible when you move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Learn more at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. Now, before we continue with your phone calls, I just wanted to, as the amateurs here in the studio, uh, the amateur psychologists, <laughs> we had a question from a, a caller a moment ago about riots and how uh, the the groups of, groups of people behave uh, in ways that they otherwise would not normally behave when they are in a a situation like that and he was wondering well what is the what is the reason for it and i think the uh, the terms you want to look at when you're researching this are herd mentality and also groupthink 
And groupthink, according to the Wikipedia story here, uh, during groupthink, members of the group avoid promoting viewpoints outside the comfort zone of consensus thinking. Individual creativity, uniqueness, and independent thinking are lost in the pursuit of group cohesiveness, as are the advantages of reasonable balance in choice and thought that might normally be obtained by making decisions as a group. A variety of motives for this may exist, such as a desire to avoid being seen as foolish or a desire to avoid embarrassing or angering other members of the group. Groupthink may cause groups to make hasty, irrational decisions where individual doubts are set aside for fear of upsetting the group's balance. The term is frequently used pejoratively in hindsight. So that's a little bit of thought, you know, a little, little few ideas for you to, to, uh, to chew on. It, seems, it sounds to me basically like... You, you, when when you've got a rioting situation, you you know tensions are high. You're not really thinking. People aren't really thinking too hard about right. the consequences of their actions. And what you you probably have is some sort of an instigator, like an an alpha kind of uh, male or whoever, come into or they're in that group, essentially suggesting whatever destructive things that are going that he needs assistance with obviously he can't lift the police car and flip it over by himself but right. uh he's and... he somehow leads people into thinking that this is this is okay because they're all whipped up in an emotional fervor right and they'll uh, go they... along with it just to you know not get caught in the destruction of it i guess right and especially if they know who this person is uh you know they wouldn't want to disappoint him or they don't want to uh to be seen as uh, the the one who's breaking away and a lot so, of these uh, these sports uh, generated uh, you know riots I would imagine were are fueled uh, largely by alcohol too that's a yeah well that yeah. that does not um, that does not help with clear thinking uh, and and good decision making mm-hmm. right so not at all no. so there's that factor too all right so if you know more I'm sure you you might uh, because we're just like I said uh, just some talk show hosts with uh, Wikipedia eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one and our opinions we go to your phone calls uh, let's talk to Jeremy listening in Alaska you're on Free Talk Live hello Jeremy hey Ian Luther and Mark hey, hey. Jeremy what's on your mind oh well um I don't have a <clears throat> answer to the guy's uh, question about riots but. I wanted to talk about the internet. Okay, sure. Um, I was wondering, uh, why can't we uh, build our own servers and maybe start our own internet if they take it over? You could. Theoretically, you could. Uh, I'm not a computer genius. I mean, you guys know I've only had one for a couple of years now, but I've heard that you could build a hell of a server out of the Xbox 360s. I don't know if that's true or not. Well, I don't I know if it's a. I don't know if it would be a hell of a server, but well, maybe uh, you're you connecting them a... together as kind of a hive mind kind of. Yeah, thing. yeah. You could create a network. Uh, and you, I mean, there's a network. And then other house, people could add networks. on to that network, right? Right, right. That's essentially what a, an internet. The internet is. It's just a larger right. network. Right, and and so well, what that, could that be was done? My idea. I mean, it, it's against. It would be against the law, but it'd be civil disobedience. Well, no. Well, I mean, you mean if they made a law. In that case, because right now it's not against the law. You can create your own network right. if you want to. Right. You, you well, could. it might be a good idea for people to think about. Maybe go ahead and create a, get another one started that way in case they do take it over. Then we already have another one established. It's not but a bad. Anyway, it's not just, a bad idea. the The only trick, I guess, would be that you would have to do it outside of the old structure. I mean, they they do have things today like Freenet, 
uh, and uh, Tor. I think I don't know if Tor really counts, but there's this. There are these anonymizing services that basically uh, create a sub network over the existing internet, but it still requires all of the regular routes to pass the data through. It just basically uh, it. it uh, and, and I can't speak for both of them. I think it's Freenet that. Uh, that maybe they both do it the same way. Anyway, the, basically what they do is they distribute the data across all of the users of the the program, and so there is no server out there that has the data that is being served. It's it's split up amongst a bunch of different computers, and so when you send a request for a website through one of these services, it basically goes out to a whole bunch of different machines and then comes back. So they can't just target one person and take them out. So right now on the existing internet, there are alternative methods of uh, transferring information that are, are fairly secure and, and difficult to uh, you know, difficult to bust. Uh, so well, what, those, one more thing, yeah. Ian. If um, since like I'm paying for high speed internet, I mean, how would I provide an internet? If I have to go through another, you know, pay a service for internet now, how can I create my own? Well, that would re- that would require internet. to create something separate from the internet that doesn't require the actual backbones and the right. uh, the various different data transmission uh, methods that are out there. Uh, or as far as that that are I'm not using the right terminology. Backbone is a is a correct terminology. The different uh, methods, the big pipes, if you will, that the data goes uh, <laughs> goes through. Uh, you'd have to do it probably wirelessly. Uh, you'd probably have to set yeah, up some I, kind. I of, guess that would be the easiest way uh, if you're trying to spread it out. Otherwise, you'd have to lay down your own cable. Right. Right. So, uh, so the, you know, and doing things wirelessly makes it tricky to get from one city to another. But it wouldn't be a problem to uh, to network up a city full of different wireless networks and you know put up transmitters and that kind of thing. Jeremy, thanks for the call. Well, that's a good. Hmm? Thanks a lot. Yes, sir. Thank you. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. But I wonder, I, I'm sure there are some more technical uh, people out there listening that could, could better answer these questions, th- this question in particular about, well, with these anonymizing services or with the free net service, is that something that they could stop? Could the, could the government people identify those packets over the, uh, the internet? Could they, could they kind of sniff out the uh, the those packets and basically say no more to this. We're we're going to put a stop uh, to the alternative internets that I, are. That I imagine are out there. it would be it would be very difficult. More would just pop up. Yeah, the, I, I I tend like I said earlier. You know, I tend to trust the uh, the geek cracker hacker community. Yeah, to be a, uh, many steps are, ahead. The resourceful crowd. Yeah, the uh, the elite hackers on uh, the internet. Thank goodness for them. 800-259-9231. And you know what they'll probably end up doing if the government really starts to be a threat. They'll target the government servers and take them out. 800-259-9231. Now, I'm against violence, but I don't consider that to be violence at all. In that, in that case, that's just uh, a little bit of monkey wrenching. It's Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Boost Kid Essentials, the nutritionally complete drink with 25 essential vitamins and minerals and probiotics to help support your child's healthy growth. Visit us at kidessentials.com. Calling certain foods bad or good doesn't go very far in helping kids understand about balanced diets. Discuss the powers of foods. Carrots are good for your eyes. Fish keeps your heart strong. And how they work together to help kids grow, and they'll remember it even better. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is 
Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and you can bring up, again, anything. That is the point of the program. Joining you tonight, it is Ian. And Luther. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Get signed up for our news updates, and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. We'll send them to you via email, Twitter, or Facebook. Your choice. You can do it all if you want. Go to news.freetalklive.com to get signed up. That's news.freetalklive.com. It's free. Remember last year when Mother's Day snuck up on you and you didn't have a gift ready? This year, take care of that with George's Famous Baklava. Mother's Day is May 9th, and you can get her George's Famous Baklava. It's walnut baklava with over 50 layers of melt-in-your-mouth phyllo. All the ingredients are premium and natural to ensure only the best taste. Shipped in a special container, priority mail, so it gets gets to you or her. Fresh and delicious. Order it at mandrick.com. It's M-A-N-D-R-I-K.com. There's no C in mandrick. Uh, mandrick.com. You'll love it. Indeed. I will vouch for it. Yeah, it's, it's really, excellent. It's really good. Luther, have you had any of Mandrick's baklava yet? I, I don't even know what baklava is. Oh, exactly. my goodness. <laughs> I never was a fan. Let me tell you, uh, I never was really. My mom made baklava growing up from time to time, and mom was the kind of mom that would always cut the sugar in half in any recipe. Mm. So uh, I didn't really have any real good positive memories of baklava, but I don't think George cuts the sugar in half no. in, uh, in his recipe. So I really liked it. Anyway, 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. We continue with your phone calls with Brett in Indiana. Brett, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Brett. guys. Hey. Um, I just got done listening to your show from Wednesday night, and uh, I think it was right about the end of the show, you guys were talking about what it means for someone to be sovereign. And uh, you guys kind of just kind of described it as like being king over yourself. You don't, I mean... Am I right in saying it's, but you guys basically would say it's like you don't follow the rules of anybody else? or No, I wouldn't say that at all. I would say that you're the king of yourself, but if you are in someone else's uh, dominion, if you're in my home, for instance, uh, you're still your own king, but if you don't want to follow my rules, you can leave my castle, that kind of thing. So you're you're fully in control of yourself. Yeah, you get to make your own decisions. More about self-ownership, I would say, than king of myself or and it's certainly not uh and it's not about not being able to follow rules it's about choosing uh the associations that you have voluntarily and then uh you know agreeing into following certain sets of rules all right because it kind of kind of brought up i guess well i would something that, something i've always kind of wondered you know because i'm somebody that you know i might i guess you can say like a voluntarist or something you know, I don't believe in, you know, I don't, you know, I tell people I don't really go into what the government says I should have to do and, you know, the way they think I should run my life. And I always just kind of wondered, you know, how that works with, you know, kind of with like religion. Because I know with some people, like, you know, some people, they'll say, you know, I don't, you know, they might be an, consider themselves an anarchist or something, but they're also a religious person. It's like, you know, you don't follow, you know, it just kind of makes me wonder, you know, you don't follow these guys rules but you know with religion you're kind of saying you know i do follow these rules over well, here religion is voluntary and you get i don't to, know i mean a, i always a, just kind of a religion is, how that works because you know i just kind of basically tell anybody i don't i just kind of you know do what i think is right like morally and everything you know i don't i don't really you know do what the government thinks i should do i don't sure i, I see where you're coming from the difference is i don't believe you know i don't i just don't believe really in subscribing to what someone else thinks i should do with my life I just that's good that's good 
Now, well, think, the, the know, difference I'm, I'm hearing here is that... Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I wondered how those two went in with each other. Hello. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Doesn't sound like it. Can't hear Let's us. Let's let him go. No. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. So uh, what I wanted to say there to one of the things he had said was, uh, the, the, you know, basically the difference between government and religion is uh, the force. I mean, government forces its uh, belief system on people and, and you know, uh, it essentially forces them to pay for uh, their services, whereas a religion is, while you may disagree with their tenets, while you may disagree with their belief system, a religion is at its core a a consensual process. You chose to be a part of that religion, and you can choose uh, otherwise at any time that you would like. And um, also, you know, he he claimed that uh, he he follows this set of moral rules of of his, and you know, I guess just for the sake of following uh, that that set of moral rules, I, and and I follow, uh, you know, I, I'm moral because I believe morality works, that it is uh, the best way to get through life and to you know get what you want and give other people what they want, and consequently um, you get what you want in the process. But where are these morals uh, come from that this guy subscribes to? Oh, he came up with a set of rules and he follows them. That's no more or less valid than somebody who decides to pick up a set of rules that somebody else came up with and to follow mm-hmm. them. That's what a religion is, right? I think so. Yeah. 800-259-9231. We continue here. Uh, Jeff listening in. Oh, no, he's gone. Let's try instead Dan in New Hampshire. Dan, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Luther and Mark. Hi. Um, hey, Dan. I was just this, wait, isn't this David? This is David. Yeah, it is. Okay, yeah. David. I was going to ask, um, regarding like the oil spill down in the Gulf, um, um, this, I'll just ask the question and take it off the air. If, if you Stay all on. had the society that you all wanted and then, and then such a thing happened, um, how would it be handled? And also how would have it perhaps, and also on the other end, how would it have been prevented do you think? Or that's basically what I was wondering. And I could Referring to what? Yeah. I'm sorry. The I must oil have... spill that is in the news. The oil spill. Uh, down well, in the Caribbean, right? Yeah, the yeah, assumption there was... Horrible oil spill. You all are somewhat, I've heard from Florida too, so maybe you're going to wind up seeing it somehow. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know, but I hear it's the, the largest oil spill in American history. It might be world history. I don't know. Um, but it's a big deal. And yeah, I would say that the answer to that would be that, uh, you know, the person who owned that area of the ocean and you would have to either own an area of an ocean or be renting it from somebody who did own it to be able to drill on it. It wouldn't be a uh, just an, an open uh, thing that one could do. You'd have to have the mineral rights for that area. The person who owned that would be responsible for whatever it is that they uh, unleashed on other people's areas of ocean and beach um, land and, and the destruction that they caused for those people's, uh, you know, wildlife and habitat that they that well, they destroyed. Owning ocean is kind of a nebulous concept, I think, for our world right now, really. I mean, the, the, yeah. the oil derrick well, the, is clearly owned. The government right? owns the ocean currently, right? I mean, they do. Well, they'll kill you if you do something that you don't like on the ocean, but I they suppose. Don't like, yeah. Uh, but but if you think about it, the oil derrick is pretty clearly owned by what was it BP? Was it BP? Yeah, it was yeah. BP. Yeah. Uh, so the you know the oil platform is owned by that company, and so whether or not they own the uh, the entirety of the ocean around it, I think is irrelevant. Uh, they own the source of the destruction, and so therefore they would be responsible for right. the cleanup. And yeah, victims could, could victims could easily seek restitution uh, for damages. 
there's that they can all, they, they they would definitely deserve restitution, and I would think most arbitrators would uh, would grant it to them. Right. Uh, in addition, the company. First of all, BP can probably afford its own cleanup crew because they get a lot of money. But if they, for whatever reason, wanted to, they could maybe insure their uh, their in, uh, their oil derrick. Uh, so if they didn't want to spend money on their own division of uh, cleanup crew because they didn't think they figure they were just you know they're so great they would never need the the cleanup crew, they could just uh, buy an insurance policy on uh, their oil platforms. And of course, the insurance policy would actually lead them to likely have a better uh, operating platform because the insurance company doesn't want to insure some old rickety uh, 30-year-old oil platform, which brings me to another point uh, about how it is that uh, this may not have happened in uh, in the absence of the government. It's my understanding, now I'm not in the oil business, so maybe somebody can correct me on this, but it's my understanding that uh, there's a restriction on how uh, on new buildings of oil platforms out in uh, the you know the United States waters, if you will. So a lot of these old platforms, they are very old, and while they're able to upgrade the internals on the platform, building a whole new platform isn't really an option because of the various different legislation, you know, the, the rules of the government that have been passed. Thanks, David, for the call. Uh, so basically, they they've <laughs> been uh, they've been kind of prevented from really being able to significantly upgrade their equipment and move to newer, safer facilities. That's my understanding of how uh, how it is out there in that business. 800-259-9231. So in the free marketplace, we would have more competition and more and building newer, and safety. People, people building newer stuff. Thousands of years ago, from the time of Moses to the time of Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar, and beyond... TrustedCoins.com brings you an incredible selection of authentic Greek, Biblical, Roman, and Byzantine ancient coins, all certified authentic by world-renowned numismatic expert, Ilya Slobin. Transport yourself to the distant past now at TrustedCoins.com. Talk Live, and you are invited to take control of the airwaves, if you like. You can bring up anything at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. The website itself, uh, freetalklive.com, allows you to influence some of the things we'll talk about here on these airwaves by submitting ideas. You can uh, submit news articles, videos, audio, uh, blog posts, whatever it is you want. Other listeners then see them in the upcoming story section. They vote them up or they vote them down depending on how they feel. You can vote things up and down as well. And the most popular stories will make it to the front page of the website, meaning we're more likely to see them and talk about them on the air. So head on over to freetalklive.com, get yourself a free account, and get interactive. On Free Talk Live, we talk all the time about using the court system as a, a way to keep from just being milked by the system as a you know as a fundraising cow check out jurisdictionary.com they give you the uh, the rules of court and they teach uh, teach you how to, to to use the court system the average eighth grader can grasp it all in less than 24 hours they give you a five-hour video seminar on cd-rom two and a half two uh, two and a half hour audio classrooms on two CDs that you can play in your car, CD player anytime, and a bunch of uh, reference tutorials on how to draft pleadings, uh, affirmative defenses, legal research, courtroom objections, that kind of thing. Jurisdictionary.com, they will teach you how to use the uh, the court system. All right, toll-free number here, 800-259-9231. We continue back to your phone calls. We go to Gene, listening in Florida on the amp lines. Hello, Gene. 
Hi, guys. I wanted to talk about the evils of the income tax system. All right. Um, since we have joined the corporate ranks, uh, since we have a corporation, we have to t- file corporate income taxes. You and your wife, and, you mean? Yes. Okay. And uh, the thing is, with the corporation, the way it's set up, you, you, obviously everybody with a corporation tries to cut or or perform their uh, their magic so that they wind up at the end of the year with as little profit as possible so you don't have to pay an income tax, right? Okay, sure. But here's the problem. If you've got corporate debt or if you have debt that you started to uh, to seed your corporation, which is almost always the case, then as you pay that corporate debt down in the in the years ahead, each time you pay down a dollar in debt, it becomes a dollar in income for that year because it shows up on the books as income once you pay it off. So you wind up having to pay taxes on the debt that you pay off. So let's say during the year you paid off $40,000 in corporate debt. That means you're going to have to pay 33 or 35% of that 40000 as a tax to the government. So this really encourages corporations to stay in debt as much as possible because anytime you pay your debt off, it winds up as showing showing as a uh, profit, and you have to pay a tax. No, wait. It. Point of information, because uh, I don't know much much about this tax thing. When you pay the debt off in full, is when the taxes are owed, or only or any time you pay off a portion of it? Yeah. Wait, and every what? portion you pay off, every dollar you I pay see. off shows up as a dollar in income. Mm. So that then on the books at the end of the year looks to the government like you made a profit, and therefore you are liable to send a check-in on March 15th for the amount, uh, you know, like a 35% tax on that dollar amount. So it really encourages all corporations to continue their debt or even increase their debt. I see where you're coming from, and that's that's not a very healthy thing. Right. You know, an- another thing is is uh, when you're you know playing their little tax uh, game is um, you know if you've got an S corporation as opposed to a C corporation, which I think is what Gene's talking about here, um, you're you know it's basically just your income. So you're obviously incentivized to write off as much as you can and have as little bit uh, little income as you you can to the government. But if you want to get Oh, I don't know, a home or a car to, to shelter or drive or transport your family, you're going to have a much harder time doing that because, well, you've you've diminished on paper, diminished what you made, and uh, so it's harder to get to get loans and that kind of thing. Yeah, it's basically set up for the banks. Is the way what I'm trying to uh, get across is whatever uh, whatever you do as a corporation, the entire tax structure is slanted to benefit the banks. Sweet. So call it a con- call it a conspiracy or call it just uh, uh, the way politics works. Uh, the money system definitely- is definitely. A, I would say the money system is definitely a conspiracy. I mean, anytime you get two people together planning in secret uh, to do something, then uh, you've got a conspiracy, right? Hey, the weather sure is a lot warmer here in Florida. I bet it is. Thanks, Gene. Appreciate hearing from you tonight at 800-259-9231. Though, is it really a conspiracy if you can go and find the information? How how secretive does the information have to be? I don't know. Uh, you know, the term conspiracy theory is it's laden with all kinds of. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a buzzword, really. Yeah. But there's no doubt that the uh, the people that are in charge of the banking system knew exactly what they were doing when they put together the the Federal Reserve. I mean, they knew exactly what the consequences seems would be. that way to me. Mm-hmm. They're uh, much smarter than I am at that kind of thing, and they they you know I don't I'm pretty ignorant to the whole monetary 
system. It's just a complex way of stealing from everyone. Yeah, I know. I I know the basics. I know enough to know that I am being stolen from. I know enough to know that uh, the Federal Reserve notes are not backed by anything. And I know that when they print more money out and when they increment increment the numbers in the computers as far as how much money there is, that's inflation. Uh, when they inflate, that's inflating the money supply. Price increases are not inflation. That's a symptom of inflation. So I know all of that stuff and I know how inflation is probably the most insidious tax out there because as long as you're using the uh, the dollar, you cannot avoid it. You can't avoid that particular tax. Right. The only way to avoid the inflation tax would be to move your money, your dollars, into some other form. Yeah, some yeah, other asset or it, Yeah, it'd have to be an gold, asset because if it was silver. another currency, yeah. then you're, you're getting the inflation that that government's doing. Right, right. Because there well, are... What about, what about the local currencies? Like, uh, AB just came out with his uh, toes notes or TAS. Yeah, one of the local activists has been working on uh, <laughs> coming out with a... I don't think it's released yet. I think it he's, still, he's working on okay. printing up some finals or something like that. Right. I mean, they're, they're, they're getting close. Uh, yeah, putting it into those would be something. I mean, if they've got the reliability that you need, and you, right, and not, he's got to build that reputation still. There's that, and um, then there's also the issue. One of the important things toward that reputation is going to be the safety of the the backing for the currency, because the currency you're talking about is going to be backed by silver. Right. Uh, so if that Del silver, Valley Silver is another one that uh, the, you know that she's she's setting up to, uh, franchises everywhere. Right. And that's good, too. The more locations, the better. Uh, the Liberty Dollars, one of their big mistakes was to put all their silver into one basket, so to speak. They had it all in a, at a vault in a vault somewhere, which, you know, seems like a smart idea. I mean, you want to lock it up. You want to make sure it's secure. On the other hand, it's just like we were talking about earlier with these corporations. When the federal government walks uh, walks into the door and says, we need this, this, and this, say, okay, whatever you say, sir. So the the vault door doesn't matter when somebody flashes a badge. So the the Liberty Dollar was taken down when the FBI came in, flashed their badges at the Sunshine Mint, and they emptied out their uh, their vault full of everything that the Liberty Dollar had. Yeah, I mean there yeah. wasn't a no no they didn't bring in a lock pick or uh, anything like that. Yeah, just I remember walked right in watching the news one day, and uh, it was just the, the tiniest little blurb. You know, if if you see this, it's not a real dollar, and they were showing one of the uh, <laughs> one of the actual Liberty, like one of the the silver Coins. pieces, yeah. like a quarter or a dollar piece. Right. That's the point. It's, it's really scary too you know you've got this uh, uh the, the silver round that says uh, twenty dollars on it and wow it's actually made of silver you as opposed tell. as opposed to yeah. something else that uh you know the government might might issue us uh, you know a, a quote-unquote silver dollar mm. which is just pot metal um you know <laughs> they don't even yeah, look like, the same like they're uh the eisenhower silver dollar stuff like that you're talking about yeah because uh before 1965 uh, uh, actually, all the silver was it was ninety percent silver, and the other ten percent was copper. Right. For for a lot of their coins, their dimes, quarters, uh, uh, silver dollars, half dollars. The toll free number here for you to take control of the airwaves is eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's talk to Dave in Montana. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. The Luther and Mark. Hey, uh, they keep calling the oil problem a spill. It's not a spill. It's an uncontrollable flow. The is that morons. Right? The morons drug a well deeper than they could get to. How stupid is that? You know, that's really? like putting the, that's like putting greed way ahead of everything. They're, they're morons, man. The only way they could probably shut it off is if they put a drill head down there before, put another drill head, but a big plug or something, or take a, a submarine down there and shoot a torpedo right by it, <laughs> so it will like 
collapse it. And so are you so, so you're saying that the oil spill is still spilling? Yeah, it's oh, not yeah. a spill. It's wow. A, it's gushing out of the bottom of the Gulf. Wow, that's wow. crazy. 200,000 gallons a day. That's Man. what's going on. I Honestly, I had not done that much uh, research into yeah, it. I didn't it's, every, that. That's why I can't believe it. Everybody's just going, oh, the spill, the spill. No, it's not a spill. The stuff is gushing out of the bottom of the Gulf Oof. at 200,000 gallons a that's day. That's a problem. And, and these morons... With their money that's coming out of their ears, don't know that they, they better not do that in case something like this ever happens. Dave, thanks for the heads up on that. I appreciate hearing from you at 800 259 We we got to move on. I'm, I'm sorry, but I appreciate the call. 800 259 Hour 2 is coming up. You can take control. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. How long can you hold your breath? <sighs> not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart, 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. Talk Live, launching into the second hour of the program. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it is Ian here. And Luther. And Mark. And you can join us online, freetalklive.com. The website has a lot of features. If you enjoy the program and you want to help support the show... The website's free, so this is you don't have to buy a subscription to the site, but one of the ways you can help us is by shopping with us at Amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live gets a percentage of your purchase. So start your shopping at Amazon.freetalklive.com. As we continue uh, taking your phone calls here, we had Dave in uh, Montana point out last hour that the oil situation in the Gulf of Mexico is not a leak, or excuse me, it's not a spill. It is a continuous flow. Apparently, the Mile Deep BP Wells from the Associated Press is spewing an estimated 200,000 gallons of crude per day right into the Gulf of Mexico, as I understand it. Yeah, so bad, bad news. That's real bad. Let's continue with your phone calls here. Uh, Ken is listening in New York. Ken, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Luther and Mark. Hey, hello? Hi, Ken, you're on the air. Hey, how are you guys doing tonight? What's on your mind tonight, Ken? Uh, I'm actually a geologist, and I was going to explain to you the actual magnitude of the situation which is occurring. Sweet. Okay. By all means. I've got some questions. Um, think think of the oil actual deposit as like a whoopee cushion. Okay. And all of that weight sitting on top of it in rock is just the weight of someone sitting on it. Right. These people from BP just put a hole in it. So it's it's going... 
all over. There is, they have no control whatsoever. Yeah. Apparently, the now, I've uh, heard the uh, allegation is that it wasn't BP, but it was Halliburton who has allegedly caused the explosion, which killed eleven people. Uh, but Halliburton is denying that. Just kind of an interesting aside. Anyway, Mark, go ahead. So um, I heard from uh, the Exxon Valdez uh, spill. Um, what is it going on twenty years ago now? That you know, like the the environmentalist types out there claim that this was going to be a uh, you know of epic proportions, terrible, terrible thing, and somehow or another the animals uh, managed to to make it, and you know nature kind of cleaned herself up. So is this uh, you know, like I, I'm hearing a lot from the environmentalists that this is a terrible, terrible thing, and and it is much larger than the um, Exxon Valdez. I, you know, it, it's over a much bigger area, too. It's right out in the middle of the ocean as opposed to, like, in a little bay there. But um, wh- what do you think about that? Um, well, what I think is, when does it stop? I mean, they, they don't know when it's going to stop. They don't know how much oil is going to be put out there. They typically have these, like, uh, buoy floats. I don't know if you've seen them. They're, like, arms that kind of wrap. They float on top of the water and wrap the oil spill in. Mm-hmm. And apparently these aren't working, so they have to actually set fire to the oil. Yeah, that's how dire the situation yes. is there. Wow. Wow. So the Gulf of Mexico is, is on, on fire. fire. Yeah, it's burning like the Cuyahoga. And they don't know when it's going to stop, and they have no control whatsoever at this point. Wow, that it's is... all uh, reactionary. That is crazy. Wow. So, I, I, you know, I guess what my belief is... is uh, Gas price is going to go up from this? <laughs> I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Um, my belief is, is that... We're going to figure... We, human beings, are going to figure out what to do to stop this. Am I wrong? Um, I, we might not figure out. It might just stop on its own. I mean, possible. It, it's. I, I think it's much more likely that it stops on its own as a fact of it decreased pressure enough to stop putting oil than it is that somehow humans figure out in the next week or so a way to plug this plug this hole. That's. It, I mean, it's got to be a thousand feet below the sea to begin with. That can't be easy. Uh, it, you, basically, I like your analogy, the whoopee cushion analogy. I mean, yeah. it's it's like an oil volcano, and I mean, eventually, like a volcano, it's, a it's probably going to run out. Yeah, it's probably going to run out. In the wrong place. Mm. But wow, what a mess. Thanks for but, sharing uh, that. Anything oh, else you want to okay. share? Um, actually, I wanted to comment on your uh, point about the price of gas. Yeah. And uh, I, I actually thought about this recently, and I think what's going to happen is the price of oil will increase. But it will be due to speculators rather than this incident. Yeah, this incident is so far offset from refineries that it shouldn't have a noticeable impact in any time in the near future. But the amount of people that are going to bid into the oil markets based upon this incident will raise the price. Thanks for that. Appreciate the call, Ken. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We continue with your phone calls and talk to Jeff in Florida. I think this is Jeff. Jeff, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey. Hey, Jeff, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, uh, there's a situation going on right now with PlayStation 3s, and I wanted to get your opinion on it. Oh, what's going uh, on? Basically, there was a, there was a software update uh, earlier this month that uh, there's been a setting ever since the PlayStation 3 came out where uh, you could go through settings, and there's an option for install other operating system. And uh, you could go to that option, and uh, if you have, like, an external hard drive hooked up, you could install uh, Linux on there. Okay. And uh, choose to go to the Linux operating system. <laughs> and uh, when, when the PlayStation 3 initially came out, uh, they actually marketed this on a lot of the Linux websites to try to get people to buy PS3s that were, that were Linux users. Mm-hmm. And 
they they did an update last month to uh, actually take that option off of uh, the uh, the PlayStation 3s. And uh, there's actually a lawsuit going on in California right now. Somebody's suing Sony. I don't uh, I don't know any info really on the lawsuit. I just heard about it in passing today. But I just want to see your opinion on that. What what do you th- what is Sony's reasoning for this for removing this feature? Well, their their reasoning is their end user licensing agreement says that they can do whatever they want to the software on the PlayStation at any time since it's hooked up to the network to your home network. Mm-hmm. So, but j- going by that, like if they wanted to tomorrow, they can make it stop playing video games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. You know, I feel that they, um, I, I feel they have a contractual obligation because they marketed themselves as a Linux uh, computer. Well, may I make a point here? I uh, there is a PlayStation Three in this household, and I, I, I did go through this update process that he's talking about. And as I recall, it does give you a warning before you apply this update that says, "Hey, you're doing this. You can't go back, and it's going to remove this functionality." So uh, it would seem to me that all the people that purchased uh, the PlayStation could simply not apply the update. Right, but there's, but also, if you chose not to do that specific firmware update, you could no longer connect to the PlayStation Network. Okay, and that means that you just can't, you can't get things like movies and that sort of thing from the play, uh, um, big uh, multiplayer games. Right, right. You can't that's play huge. online yeah, that's a pretty games big deal. or anything like that on there. Yeah, that's to me. That's a violation of the the contract. It's like saying, uh, well, you know, we sold you a car that runs, and uh, we've decided to update the uh, the the computer in the car so that it doesn't run anymore. I agree with you. But 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 they still but on their behalf, their contract that you signed when you turn on the PlayStation Three does say that they can change the software whenever they want. Yeah, this is crappy. Yeah, this is. But this is the 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 thing about these contracts and these uh, these little these things that pop up real contracts because they're only one sided. Because they you know these (laughs) licensing agreements is they could say anything because the people want what they want and they know what they're buying and there's no meeting of the minds there. You know, if the hospital says, um, you know, here sign this contract that you're not going to read and we can kill your baby when we're done. uh, You know, nobody nobody's going to go for that. It's nuts. And, you know, they just don't hold water. There was a story just as, a, I guess, re- related here where, and I, it was in my show prep, I don't have it in front of me, but essentially somebody put in one of those terms of service contracts, I don't remember if it was for software or what it was for, but basically that we own your soul. And, uh, and, and then, you know, people, of course, clicked OK. And then they reported later on how many people clicked uh, OK or whatever to how many uh, souls they yeah. in fact owned. Right. So, I mean, it's just ludicrous. So did you, did that answer your question? I mean, as far as how we feel about it, it seems pretty absurd. Yeah, yeah, it did. I, I mean, I think uh, I think I wouldn't have a pro- problem with it personally if they hadn't marketed it to Linux websites that you could install Linux on yeah. it. But that's it. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you for the call at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It seems uh, pretty unreasonable yeah, on disingenuous. their part. <laughs> I don't know why they would choose to do that, but, uh, you know, they've, they have... Uh, alienated a very zealous group yeah i'd I'd like to yeah i'm curious to myself as to what their reasoning was for it there must be some sort of motivation on their on their behalf can't possibly imagine what it would be though maybe those linux users were doing naughty things to their network i i don't know i i I have no idea some of those linux users users, 800-259-9231 and you can I mean, you can pretty much count that uh, count on these people to find another way to do it, right? I mean, these are in, in, ingenious folks that will figure out a way to get Linux on that platform. More coming up. Free Talk Live. 
Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features we give to you, they include our wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you. W-I-K-I wiki dot freetalklive.com. Take the startpage.com's seven-day challenge. For seven days, use startpage.com instead of your... Big Brother search engine and experience the difference. You'll get search results aggregated from 12 major search engines, but unlike your old search engine, you'll have complete privacy in your search. You'll also, uh, all each one of the, the search results has a little proxy link and you can surf the website itself, the result, uh, you know, completely privately. And normally you pay for that on the internet. Start the seven day challenge today at startpage.com. It's a great service. All right, back at your phone calls here, 800-259-9231. Lee, uh, we'll go to Donnie in Michigan. Donnie, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Luther and Mark. Hey, what's happening? Donnie, what's on your mind tonight? Ian, Mark, and the Green Lantern over there. <laughs> you must be watching on the webcam in, at cam.freetalklive.com. In, uh, in brightest day and darkest night, no evil shall escape my sight. Right on. <laughs> by the way, Mark, the cam brought to you by memory, memorydealers.com. Go ahead with your thoughts. Mark, I've heard you say many times that uh, the Bible is a translation of a translation, and I was wondering if you could expound on that, because I don't fully understand what, what you mean by that. Well, um, the, the, the ancient Jewish language that it's written in, at least the Old Testament, is uh, nobody speaks that anymore. So either you're translating that into, in, in a lot of cases, uh, you know, Greek or something like that, and then they'll tra- translate it into English. So, I mean, it's... If if you were to, for instance, speak to somebody who speaks Old English or Middle Middle English, you wouldn't understand them. When the guy calls in from Scotland, I barely understand him, and he's speaking a current form of English. So, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, you know very uh, th- th- there's a lot of words that could mean different things and go different ways. But you know, scholars kind of just decide what they mean. Right. Right. Think of the word cool, actually. It, it, you know, it used to mean chilly, and then it meant a uh, feeling of disattachment, and now it means, oh, yeah, it's it's a good thing. Yeah. So then you're, you're referring to the ancient Hebrew, and then uh, when it gets to English. That that much true. And and I think that I, I know that some of them have been uh, translated in through Latin and things like that, and a lot of the texts they work with are, are those. And you've got, of course, the issue of editorializing, where the translators will just, you know, make make changes. Right? Yeah, there's uh, the, the most famous of them is uh, an issue where some monks, and I, I think it was the 12th century, added the uh, the whole Trinity Trinitarian doctrine right into the Bible, just popped it right in. Yeah, there's no question that it gets... Uh, uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Editorialized? Changed? No, that wasn't it. Okay. <laughs> but anyways, I was wondering because, uh, you know, we have it in, in Hebrew, and I was just wondering if, if he was talking about a specific translation that, 
was a... Well, we don't have the Bible in Hebrew. We have some of the books that are in the Bible. And this is, I think, something that people need to... Uh, they, they probably don't even think about it. They, they kind of think the Bible was handed down from God, and that's the word, because that's the Word of God. But it was really sort of uh, put together in the, the late uh, 3rd century, early 4th century, and, um, you know, at the behest, essentially, of uh, Constantine, and said, you know, we, we're going to have to we have to get this stuff, uh, you know, uni- uniform and everybody to believe the th- same thing, because at that point there are just a ton of different. And at this point, they call them heretical uh, beliefs uh, all over the place. And they didn't have one uh, uniform book. Many of them believed all kinds of things. That's why you hear the the Gospel of Thomas, the Gospel of Judah, the Gospel of Mary and all these other um, you know, documents that they decided for whatever reason just didn't fit. Okay, well, thanks a lot. Hey, thanks for the <laughs> thanks. call. Appreciate hearing from you. Let's talk to Scott in Minnesota. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Scott. Hi. Scott, what's on your mind? Um, you've been talking about the New World Order quite a bit lately. Nope, not on this show. Uh, I don't know, what what well, show have you been listening callers to? Callers have been. Oh, okay, okay, callers. Yeah, and, well, I'm pretty sure that's basically just a soundbite by George Bush in that... It really just encapsulates what the goal is of, like, groups like the Bilderberg Group. And, like, basically the Bilderberg Group is a group of, like, corporate interests that got together and think that they should be the ones running the world because... They're not? I thought the Bilderberg um, Group. Thought they already, they, yeah, they were already in place. I thought the point of the Bilderberg Group was that they were the world's powers, uh, meeting for various nefarious purposes. I mean, I've seen the the videos about these guys where they uh, try to figure out who is in this group, and it's people like Hillary Clinton and uh, other big name uh, politicians and uh, bankers and folks like that. So, are you saying they're not the, the Bilderberg is uh, is not in control of the a good portion of the Western world? Well, to a point, but not completely. Well, of course not, because there are other people out there, and this is this is kind of one of the holes in the conspiracy theory uh, theory out there is that you know the Bilderbergs are so powerful that they're going to take over the world and exterminate uh, you know eighty percent of the population, et cetera, et cetera. But the thing is, they're up against all the other people that are seeking power because there's not one uh, unifying theme amongst everybody that is seeking power. They're not all the all of the power seekers around the world and all the various different political designations are not in agreement. They do not have the same. Ex- exact plan and they are not all getting along uh, otherwise you would see more more progress in these uh, in you know in the area of the so-called one world government i mean the reason why that hasn't happened yet is because well those people in many cases don't want to lose their power yep. any other thoughts for us um and i think basically the main problem with it is the uh the uh, corporate imperialism basically and that there's not enough free market ideology getting out there. That's a true statement. Yeah, there is yeah. not a, a people don't know what a free market really is. They believe in a lot of cases that this is This a is free capitalism. <laughs> we hear you see it. <laughs> and it may very well be. I don't know. I mean, you know, I don't what, apply for the term capitalism to free market. I don't believe those are synonyms. Many people do though. And okay. like that's that's just Incorrect. the way you cho- I don't I don't know that that's true. The free market is the absence of governmental regulation of coercive controls. Within the free market you can have capitalists, you can have communists, you can have uh, people organizing themselves economically in well, different the, manners. The marketplace um, really talks about how trade is done, and capitalism is about um, 
you know, that, yeah, I mean, people can give things to each other if that's what they want to do, but that's not really about trade as much, uh, you know, it's it's not about financial well, Capitalism trade. is an economic yeah, I guess you're right. system. I guess you're right, but it doesn't, it, mm. it, capitalism to me means, when I think of it, I think capitalism means a free market, but, and yeah. many people equate it that way. Pure, pure capitalism, you mean, Mark? Yeah. Okay. That's what I think, but a lot of people don't look at it that way, so I, I think it's kind of this loaded word. I thought capitalism was basically individual ownership of the means of production, but yeah, and that I suppose if somebody wants to set up a commune, what what is the difference between a few people owning the means of production amongst themselves and then trading freely with other people that own their own means of production? I mean, yeah, I I don't know. Hey, thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. From Dictionary.com, capitalism is defined as an economic system based on a free market, open competition, profit motive, and private ownership of the means of production. Capitalism encourages private private investment and business compared to a government-controlled economy. Investors in these private companies are also, also rather, own the firms and are known as capitalists. 800-259-9231. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You could say that the commies would own their farm uh, under a free market system, but it's very unlikely that those commies would want to call themselves capitalists. There's more coming up here. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those. Features including various different listening options. You can listen in via our live streams. We have broadband and dial-up versions. Also, our webcam is there, plus listen lines that allow you to listen via any phone that can dial long distance. Get all the details over at listen.freetalklive.com and get tuned in. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Do you want to know how to give your baby a head start? You can teach your baby to read starting as early as three months old. Now, that doesn't mean that at three months old they'll be able to read, but you can start teaching them to read as early as three months old. It's easy and fun to do with the Monkey See, Monkey Do Baby Reading Kit. The best part is that it's uh, risk-free since they offer a one-year money-back guarantee. It's, it's one year. Order now and you get free shipping. And we recently began this program with my son, Jack, and he loves it to the point that he recently threw, uh, I think it was yesterday, threw a fit when, uh, uh, you know, I got in between him and his mother doing their their little flashcards with this. Uh, He really, really loves it. And I recommend this product for you and your family. (coughs) Babyreadingkit.com. All right. 1-800-259-9231. There's been a story that uh, we've been mentioning for a good portion of the week. We haven't gotten to it. So here it is uh, from CNET.com. Police have seized computers and servers belonging to an editor of a website called Gizmodo in an investigation that appears to stem from the gadget blog's purchase of a lost Apple iPhone prototype. Deputies from the San Mateo County Sheriff's Office obtained a warrant on Friday and searched Jason Chen's Fremont, California home later that evening, according to Gizmodo. 
In an article on Friday, CNET was the first to report on the criminal investigation into the circumstances surrounding the iPhone prototype and Gizmodo's acquisition of it, including that Apple had con- uh, contacted local police. A San Mateo County judge signed the search warrant, which said a felony crime was being investigated a few hours later. Chen said, When I got home, I noticed the garage door was half open, and when I tried to open it, officers came out and said they had a warrant to search my house and any vehicles on the property in my control. They then made me place my hands behind my head and searched me to make sure I had no weapons or sharp objects on me. This is a geek from a geek news website. Right. Searching him for weapons. Trashing his home. Looking for an iPhone. Lucy Daglish, executive director of the Reporters Committee for Freedom of the Press, told CNET on Monday, This is such an incredibly clear violation of state and federal law, it takes my breath away. The only thing left for the authorities to do is to return everything immediately and issue one hell of an apology. Boy, what world does she live in? (laughs) (laughs) Clearly not ours. Does she apologize or else. Right. Does she have any idea that this stuff happens all the time? I mean, not necessarily big profile stuff like this, but well, the not, police... yeah, not to people that she knows, though. Mm. That's the thing is she doesn't experience stuff like this. Right. And in many cases, the police very rarely will apologize. Even if they do finally give you your stuff back, uh, they don't apologize, and especially if they broke some of it. Well, they were just doing their job. That's right. Hey, yeah, we... if, they, if they did apologize, then they'd be sort of liable, you know? Doglish, uh, Doglish, rather, Doglish said that the San Mateo County search warrant violated the Privacy Protection Act, which broadly immunizes news organizations from searches unless, in some cases, the journalists themselves committed the crime. The federal law requires police to use subpoenas to obtain information instead of search warrants. Editors at Gizmodo, part of Gawker Media's blog network, said last week they paid $5,000 for what they believed to be a prototype of a future iPhone 4G. The story said the phone was accidentally left at a bar in Redwood City, California, by an Apple software engineer and found by someone who contacted Gizmodo, which had previously indicated that it was willing to pay significant sums for unreleased Apple products. CNET hasn't been able to confirm whether the investigation is targeting Gizmodo, the source who reportedly found the iPhone in a bar, or both. Apple has acknowledged that the lost device is its property. Calls to law enforcement sources on Monday were not immediately returned. Is it lost and found, or what? If you lose something, is it still yours? Well, I I don't know that it belonged to them, and I believe that uh, they actually did return it to Apple. Is that not so? Who who's they? They uh, I the, don't know the, the 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 company. I mean, I am not I'm not clear on the that. media company. As I, I understand, they did get their property back. I see, and I think what uh, if if I don't um, my understanding of the story is is that the cops are in here sort of seizing stuff in order to get the information back. It's the intellectual property that they were after, not the property itself. So they don't want the article that might have been written about this to be released? Is that the idea? That that kind of information? Well, yeah. I mean, all, all that stuff that's involved. 1-800-259-9231. I could be wrong, but I mean, that's that's my understanding of the story. I would imagine they would want it all. I would imagine they want the iPhone. They want uh, any of the information that was uh, was written about it. But it would seem to me that if you are an Apple uh, engineer and you misplace your bar in the f- uh, or you misplace your phone in the bar because you're too drunk, <laughs> then finders keepers. Yeah. It, it, yeah. I, 
I mean, what else? (laughs) You know, I mean, people, if you left it there, it's not that they did, they were even keeping the phone. I think they, uh, they just wanted to know the information. They cracked it and got the information off of it, found out about it and and everything. And I, I don't see how you can, you're responsible for your own secrets. And, the, uh, the the sending the police after people for secrets, not for uh, property, is crazy. Also, when you're talking about a piece of property that uh, it's it's you know I don't I kind of feel like this phone is worth what a an iPhone is worth, right? Mm-hmm. So the cops should uh, you should send out the SWAT team for five hundred dollars worth of electronics. Yeah, it may be worth more than that to Apple. I mean, Apple wants to, to – there's a certain price tag that is on the secrecy surrounding this, mm-hmm. uh, that they don't want this information to get out. So it's worth some – It's clearly it's worth it to them to call out a, uh, an armed squad of thugs, which seems seems kind of silly to me. Look, I understand that you've got your devices and you want to keep your corporate veil around them in order to uh, prevent people from knowing details about them. But is it really the end of the world if uh, if a geek website leaks out information about the new specs of your new your new device? So what? All that will happen as a result of that is a bunch of fanboys, uh, Apple fanboys out there, will start salivating at uh, you know the new processor specs and how much memory it has and they'll start passing it around. I mean, yeah, the information is going to explode on the internet amongst their fans. But so what? How is that bad? Sounds like advertising. Right. This probably has been fairly good (laughs) advertising for them. Uh, But it just seems like a real unnecessary overreaction. What's the concern that I guess maybe there's there's like this uh, internal corporate concern that their competitors might see the specifications and then change their upcoming uh, Android phones to compete better with the new Apple iPhone specs because they've managed to keep the specs under wraps this whole time. And so they don't want the uh, competitors to get a leg up on them. I suppose that's a that's a possibility. But if that's the case, then maybe you shouldn't let your techs leave the building with them. You know, I, I think that this is clearly a security, uh, you know, a problem that Apple has. And right, and now they're using the state after the fact to uh, to make up for it. And I think that it's kind of uh, what is, um, you know, what makes sense to do in a given situation. You know, I mean, if it if it is, you know, this is maybe it's theft. Uh, if you know, if you have something that somebody lost and you don't give it back to them, is that theft? I kind of feel like it is. Um, if you know who you know whose it is and what it is, you should give if it back know. to them. Okay, that makes sense. But um, you know, I. But if you come across an iPhone uh, sitting in the street somewhere, but and Gizmodo knew, right? Like that's why they cracked it. They knew it was Apple's. They knew it was the new G four. Okay, but yeah, but Apple isn't a someone. Yes, it is. No, Apple's just a corporation. Okay, you can decide exist. that that's true, but there's somebody at that corporation that owns that iPhone, then, right? I would think so. The stockholders of that corporation still own that iPhone. I, I don't know. They gave it to that guy. I, maybe they thought he owned it. But then, then they should give it back to him. Whatever. Somebody owns it, and as far as I'm concerned, Gizmodo should have given it back. But I don't have a problem with them uh, having you know, found a little information on the phone uh, before they let it out, because that's, that's really valuable. And I feel like uh, Apple, you know, Apple dropped that ball. Yeah, they blew it by letting their phone out of their, uh, their keep. So I don't have a problem with... Uh, I, I don't have a problem with people recovering their uh, stolen property, but what's commensurate? So if somebody steals you know, some meaningless uh, thing from me, a, a stick of gum from me, I should be able to go in their home with, um, you know, armed to the teeth and uh, put, put a gun in their face until mm. they give it back to me? Yeah, there has to be a bit extreme. There has to be a level of yeah. uh, response that's appropriate. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can comment on this story or bring up whatever is on your mind.
800-259-9231. Take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Luther. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there, and they're free. You can enjoy the site. You can support the show. There are various different ways for you to do that. One of them is by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as three bucks a month. Price of a cup of coffee in some cases. Uh, it makes a difference for us, though, because if a couple thousand of you give three bucks a month, then uh, it makes a big difference. We can use that money to advertise, market, and promote the show, get on more radio stations around the country, bring more Internet listeners on board, and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. So if you like that idea and you want to get some perks, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, the AMP-only forum, podcast, and more, go to amp.freetalklive.com and get signed up for as little as three bucks a month. That's amp.freetalklive.com. I don't know how it is for you out there, but uh, for me, when it come, came to wait, I was just getting a little fatter as the months went by, as the years went by, and there's really nothing I felt like I could do about it. I wasn't making it to the gym. I just didn't have time. I have a, a family to support. As far as dieting, it never worked for me because I just uh, I get really hungry and then just eat a bunch of food, and that would be like later on in the day. So leave, I wouldn't even make it through the first day of the diet. But um, I did find a product that worked for me, and that product is called Caraluma. And I came up, and a friend of mine uh, helped me to produce an even better, he's, he does this for a living, an even better formula, super concentrated form of uh, Caraluma. So we've decided to market it together. It's called LumaThinPlus.com, and you can go check it out at LumaThinPlus.com. And I've been taking it for the last couple of months. It's helping me to lose weight at, even after I've recently quit smoking, and um, it's, it, it's an amazing product. It'll work for you, LumaThinPlus.com. Continuing with your phone calls, Nick is in Arizona. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Nick. Hey, uh, how's it going? Yes, sir. What's on your mind tonight? I uh, just had a couple more bits of information about that Apple thing you guys were talking about. Yeah, the iPhone uh, was left apparently in a bar. Somebody picked it up. They sold it to a website called Gizmodo, one of their authors. Apparently, they believed he had it in his possession. They raided his uh, his home in order to attempt to get it back. Well, there was a little bit more going on before. Um, when the guy found it at the bar, he contacted Gizmodo. Gizmodo asked Apple, is this really your phone? And there was no response. So they weren't owning up to it being theirs. I see. So nobody knew if it was actually an Apple phone or not. So they, they get it, and, you know, they give it the once-over. They even opened it up to see if it was uh, – well, they looked at the chips inside of it, and it had Apple on the chips. So then they were like, oh, we really do have an Apple phone now. So that's, you know, just a little bit more to the story. So what do you think would have happened had Apple said, yes, that's ours? Would you think that would have changed how it played out? Uh, they probably would have sent it back. I think Gawker is owned by AOL, maybe. So I, I don't know. I just, uh, hmm. I think they probably would have sent it back. Okay. Well, send it back without 
checking it out and finding out about the new. I mean, you know, there's the the hottest story of the te- in the tech world of the of the year. I have sitting in my hand the G4, and I'm not gonna poke around and take a few pictures and right. things like that. <laughs> Curiosity killed if, the cat. If they paid five thousand dollars for this thing, they're gonna open it up and check it out. Yeah, uh, I absolutely. Think that- Maybe it would have gone a little bit different if Apple would have owned up to it. Hey, this really is ours. It's our property. Give it back to us. Yeah, I absolutely agree that it it would have gone entirely differently. Right, because then everybody would have known what was going on. The Gizmodo would have been aware that Apple knew and that uh, that they were concerned. And then they would have probably, like you said, made some sort of arrangements to where after they checked it out, they went ahead and sent it back. Instead, Apple kept quiet quietly called the police, and then they did a, an armed raid of this man's home. Pretty sick. Thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you and the update there at 800-259-9231. Uh, Gizmodo, by the way, there's another story from CNET. I'm not going to get into the details, but they're alleging that they believe the arrest warrant, or the search warrant, rather, was invalid, which wouldn't really be a surprise because... Yeah. And it doesn't change anything because they've already gone no. into his house, shooken him down... You know, they, they've already is, frightened this man. I mean, yeah. that's got to be a really disturbing thing to yeah. come home from work after a day at the office to find out your garage door is halfway open. You think, oh, my God, we've I've been, been robbed. robbed. And you have. And to the robbers extent, are still there. Yeah, to some extent you have. Uh, and you paid the robbers' salaries on top of uh, on top of everything else. Yeah. So that's going to hurt a little. 800-259-9231. Oh, here's the update, by the way. Since we're talking about cops doing uh, nasty things to people, peaceful people. Remember the story out of New York, Times Square, the critical mass ride where a a cop basically jacked a guy off of his bicycle as he was riding by? Do y'all remember seeing that uh, that video? No, I didn't see that. I absolutely did see it. This was a this was a ride for like bicyclists' rights or something, wasn't it? Uh, it's a critical mass ride. There are things that, as I understand, these are rides that happen on a regular basis in New York City. Okay. I don't know exactly what it's for. <laughs> Why they exactly, do it. <laughs> but they do it. And so this, you remember, the cop was, was standing there in the road, and just for no reason, he just all of a sudden reaches out and just jacks, probably because he hates hippies or something like that, uh, jacks some guy right off his bike as he's going full speed, basically, well, b- uh, beside yeah. this officer. When you have protests going on, I mean, who who's on the other side? I mean, who's the when you look at that? I mean, who, when you have the team, here are the protesters. Who's the other team? So the story is, according to the New York Times, a former police officer was convicted on Thursday in regards to a collision with a bicyclist who was taking part in a critical mass ride in Times Square of 2008 in an altercation that was videotaped and became a viral presence on the internet. The jury found the officer Patrick Pogan, age 24, guilty of filing a criminal complaint. What? That contained false statements concerning the cyclist. So well, he, he had wasn't to. found guilty of assault. He was found guilty of filing some paperwork wrong. But he is looking at some jail time here. Uh, the, the statements, the false statements included an assertion that Mr. Long knocked the cop, Pogan, down by intentionally steering his bicycle into him. The video showed that Pogan remained on his feet while it was Mr. Long who flew into the pavement. Mm, so as, awful. as usual, wow. the, the police's version of the events tends to have a significant uh, differentiation from the actual reality. And this is common, by the way, where the police will just make crap up 
And if their other buddies are around, they'll all get together and they'll decide on the same story and they'll they'll, you know, agree that they're going to keep their mouths shut. The thin blue line closing around its ranks and they stick to their story. And then it's you versus the cops. And if you don't have a video like this guy happened to have a video, you are S.O.L. If this video didn't exist, the other guy would likely be in some sort of a criminal situation. Absolutely. He'd be probably in jail for longer than this cop is getting. Well, Maybe I think so. that likely the cop got his uh, jollies from pushing the guy down, and that would have probably been it, really. That's what I think. You you don't think that – well, the, but he filled out a report alleging that this this uh, bicyclist steered his bike, bicycle into him. That's assault on a police officer. I think he filled out the report probably upon um, you know having to, to you know, deal with the, uh, the video. Good point. Mr. Pogan, the cop, his conviction carries a maximum sentence of four years in prison. Now, point of information, he has not yet been – uh, sentenced. So the jury has decided that he's guilty of uh, that he's guilty of lying about the collision on the paperwork, but he hasn't been sentenced yet. Now, I expect that the judge in this case will come to the aid of his brethren here, the uh, the former officer Pogan, and likely just give him some sort of a suspended sentence or probation or time some, served, time served, or some sort of slap on that. It's, it's unlikely he's actually served any time. You know, but, with this one indiscretion, this man has valiantly served the public for seventeen years now, and uh, we can't let one indiscretion cause him to uh, you know to, to go essentially go to a death sentence in the uh, in the Rikers Island facility. Pogan resigned from the police department after the episode was also convicted of a misdemeanor for attesting to the complaint's truthfulness, even though it contained a warning against making false statements. But he, who was in his 11th day on the force when the collision happened, was acquitted of a misdemeanor charge of reckless assault. So 11th day? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Total rookie. That's why I got it. That's why he got, oh, got bumped, you mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, what do they care about that guy? He's still on probation. Well, well he did resign. But yeah, you're right, Mark. When they have this uh, this training period, essentially, or this, you use the term probation, uh, they use they have this period in which you don't have the tenure to where you can easily be fired as a bureaucrat, or as in this case, a cop. You can more easily be fired once you get past that period, and it probably differs by the department, but once you get past that probationary period, then you're pretty much locked in. Like, there's not really any easy way to to get rid of him yeah i don't know that they necessarily felt like this guy was on the team yet you know and i think that the team mentality is huge when it comes to this you know law enforcement team thing absolutely it is pogan who is scheduled to be sentenced on june 23rd wore a blank stare as the verdict was read he left the courthouse without commenting so he, uh, by the way, the Critical Mass is a monthly group ride that is viewed by the police department as a way for agitators to rile up the police. So it's just bicyclists enjoying their time in, in the city, biking about together. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. So despite video evidence, this cop was not convicted of assault, of jacking a guy off his bicycle. Big surprise. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zempax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com This is Free Talk. 
Talk Live, and we're launching in to the third hour of the program. You can bring up anything just by dialing in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Again, you can bring up whatever happens to be on your mind. That's the point of the program tonight. It is Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. All right, so uh, we're going to get into an email, Mark. You've had this uh, sitting there for a while, and you wanted to get to it. It's about prison. Yeah, it's uh, you know, a, a guy asked me a question uh, here, and I thought I'd read it for people to hear on the show. So it's uh, it's from Troy. It says, hey, guys, I love the show, and I've been listening for several years, and I have a question for Mark. How is your time in prison and the associated label as uh, one who has been in prison made you a better person? We all go through difficulties in our lives, and most would agree those experiences tend to be a crucible for our personal development, especially the tough ones. I've had a blessed life and for the better part, but uh, from the ages of approximately 30 to 35, I found myself turning to alcohol a bit too much, and I uh, was quite a bit more alone than I had been earlier in my life. I became and am an alcoholic. Mm. It had been uh, tough for me to acknowledge this label uh, for myself, but I've tried to turn this personal reality and stigma into a good thing and take a better trajectory in my life. I'm not saying that you were guilty of what uh, you were charged with and um, with or anything. And frankly, I'm not interested in that part of your experience. I'm more interested in how you came to accept, acknowledge and transcend the notion of a public label of yourself as a persona non grata and how you responded to it. The other positive part is that this type of experience is to understand that it really gets you to flip the mirror and take a walk on the wild side and inhabit the world of other folks, the denizens of whom the polite society walks quickly past to avoid contamination. Nah, it's not the, the dramatic in, in reality, but it is often the way our minds react to it. Anyway, I was just interested in hearing your experience and the personal positive notions you may have taken away from a social stigma. Okay. So he seems to be um, sort of asking how prison uh, shaped me and at the same time asking how being an ex-con shaped me. And, uh, you know, how you rose above it. Right. Yeah. I, you know, I can't say that uh, I was rehabilitated in prison because I got in a little, you know, I got a little bit of trouble, um, you know, first. And then sort of the hammer came down a year later uh, when my co-defendant got picked up and decided to uh, share the wealth of his uh, his conviction. And um, I I didn't get any trouble in between that amount of time. You know, I got that initial arrest. I was in jail for a few days and then. Uh, I got out and I never I did. I stopped getting in trouble immediately. Mm-hmm. That seven days in jail changed me. So then I went to prison for nine more years after that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I can't say that I was rehabilitated in prison. I learned many things there. And, um, you know, I, I saw a, a little advertisement for a TV show one time where they said, your hometown is the place where you find yourself, where you grow up. And I don't think that's true, but it is a fun little soundbite. <laughs> Certainly not true for me. <laughs> but, um, my my hometown then would be prison. Prison, right? Like a particular prison in Florida called Gladiator School by its uh, denizens, if you want to use the terminology he used in the um, email. <laughs> so, um, you know, not a not a particularly nice place, but probably not as bad as the people would tell you the stories about it either. And I, I guess I learned all kinds of things like how to forgive and how forgiveness was an, an incredibly important part of life and how to, um, you know, uh, tr- think positively. I remember there was this guy there that, uh, you know, he kept on harping on think positive. And you know how young people are. Young people think that being um, cynical is cool. 
Like mm-hmm. cynical and cool tends to go together. And uh, you know, well, I've got a I've got a cynical view on the world. I must be cool. Eh, yeah. not so much for me. So it was like one of the old timers that taught you to. No, this was a a, a guy that was hired there, like a, a drug treatment oh, okay. counselor. And I found that very valuable. I found uh, the value of uh, working hard and uh, how that would help you to transcend your your circumstances. I, you know, became the staff canteen operator, the highest paid inmate. There were only really six that were paid out of a thousand mm-hmm. there. Um, and, you know, I, I had a lot of influence and, and made money. And so I, I learned a lot of things, um, you know, from being locked up. But as far as having been an ex-con and what it uh, what it means to have been that is. I ran away from that label. I felt like um, people wouldn't, people don't deserve to know that information. Who wants to know that? I mean, it's true that I go to the bathroom every day, but I don't share the details uh, with people. They don't want to know that. Um, so I kept that kind of a, a secret. And I only relatively recently, I, I, you know, I think 2007 came out on the air about it, and I've been pretty much out. Didn't somebody out you? Somebody out me, but, yeah. but you know, as a result, I came out. Yeah. <laughs> the door was open, I walked out. Um, so, uh, and actually, we brought it up on the air. He brought it up in a, in a chat room. In, in, in a, on the I don't videos. even remember. So anyway, um, that's that's I you know that's where I sort of embraced it, and you know, on the on air, it's I suppose an interesting. Thing that people want to know about. Um, they, people certainly like to hear prison stories if you're uh, sitting around in a bar. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I I think that for me, as far as what it means to have been an ex-con, is that I I think that people can overcome their circumstances. Um, I try to I try to look for the best in people if I can, but I don't know that that's always the uh, the best course of action. I, I think that some people really are just as scummy as you think they might be. So, I don't know. I don't, I don't have any... Uh, I think you've answered that. I think you've answered upli- Uplifting thoughts on, uh, you know, what it's like. I, I think that, uh, you know... When you don't it, recommend the experience. I no, I don't go to prison. I think that also that uh, people uh, imagine that uh, ex-cons are all terrible people, but it's really a relatively small amount of them that are, you know, recidivants that go back and back and back over and over again. Uh, many of them in, in the, you know, in America where it's the largest incul- incarcerating nation in, on the planet, mm. if you don't count nations that are in fact prisons like North Korea, <laughs> um, <laughs> then uh, – you know, a lot of people just had brushes with the law, and and at some point or another, they're just going to have to ignore that. Thanks for that. Okay. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. We go to your phone calls. Jen is on the line in Washington. Jen, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Luther and Mark. Hi. Hi, Jen. Um, I was just calling about the Apple controversy you guys were talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I just had a thought about that, actually. Well, actually, I was talking to my boyfriend about it earlier, but we were talking about kind of how ironic it is that Apple, who, you know, had that revolutionary commercial based on the 1984 novel, Mm. um, and then, you know, they also feature, like, they featured Gandhi and John Lennon in their commercials. Mm. And (laughs) And they call them the SWAT team. Yeah. (laughs) I thought that was pretty ironic. So I agree. Very ironic. Great yeah. point. Yeah. It's it's amazing how people that profit off of uh, images of Gandhi and and Lenin and uh, and and you know talk about 1984 call in the crushing boot of the state to uh, get what it is that they want done. Well, it just goes to show that uh, they're just pandering and they don't have principles, right? Exactly. Yet they try to come off as being this counterculture hip, you know, company. Yeah, that- and that's well, that's who they're trying to sell to. 
Yeah, exactly. And it's like, well, you know, you guys are really kind of going against that now. And it's not like people are stupid, you know. I mean, they see that. So Well observed, I Jen. I appreciate that. Any other thoughts you want to share tonight? No, that was it. I just uh, always love listening to you guys. So. All right. Well, hey, when I- you get a chance, uh, we'd love to have you up on the uh, the Shrine of Female listeners. You're not there yet, are you? I'm not there yet, but I will get up soon. We have made the process even easier than before. You used to have to send everything to me, and then I had to you know, take the time to do graphics work and change things around and, and do actual work. Now the website uh, just allows you to submit whatever uh, picture or video uh, validation that you want to, and all I have to do is click approve. Yeah. So it Ian, makes it Ian doesn't easier. like to work. Exactly. That's why I'm in radio. Come on. Thank you, Jen, for the call. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. I mean, that's one of the reasons why people get into this business, so they don't actually have to go out and do anything uh, significant as far as, like, laying bricks. A little hard work never killed anybody, except for John Henry. I mean, I've I've done some work before. I used to work at Kmart. I was, uh, you know, loading stuff back in the stock room. See, and well, see, I'm I'm kind of going the opposite way. I want to get into more uh, hands-on work. I want to really get into metalworking. I'm trying to save it for a welder, but it's hard. So you want to do your own uh, Oh, absolutely. Welding. Oh, right on. 800 two, I hate that crap. Hard work's, good. <laughs> Hard work's good for a man. 800-259-9231. I'd rather pay people to do that stuff. Yeah, I can't speak what's good for Well, you can pay me to do that. Well, if I need metal work done, I will. <laughs> uh, all right, 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Coming up, uh, quadriplegic has been busted. We'll tell you what for in moments. In the late 21st century, the hardiest, most daring adventurers have begun to colonize the solar system where untold mineral riches await them. Jealous of their wealth and fearful of their freedom, the government of Earth is determined to extend their power to this new frontier by any means necessary. Escape from Terra, an illustrated science fiction saga from Big Head Press. Read it online at escapefromterra.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever you want. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. You can enjoy our website, the features we give to you, those other talk show hosts. They want to charge you six, seven, eight bucks a month for their sites. We do it free. You get the archives, you get the listening options, and one of the listening options is our webcam, uh, which is also free. This is All of these things are uh, stuff that the other talk shows put behind paywalls. You have to sign up for subscriptions in order to get access to their cam. For us, cam's like, gee, you should be able to watch that for free. You should be able to get the archives for free. And So you can go to cam.freetalklive.com. Thanks to great uh, folks like memorydealers.com, we're able to bring you the cam for, uh, for absolute zero cost. And uh, cam.freetalklive.com is where you go to watch the show and listen and interact with other listeners because our chat room is also on the very same page. So watch, listen, and chat. Get interactive at cam.freetalklive.com. Yeah, you know, since uh, memorydealers.com brings you the cam, I wonder how they'd feel about you calling it free. Memorydealers.com offers the world's largest it's selection. Free to the user. It's, it, it, the end user does not pay for it, that's for right. sure. Free isn't an accurate term, though. You you got into this with me the other day over what what is what should be called free and what is not. Why don't you talk about memory dealers and we'll talk about what's free? They're the largest. They have the largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, XFPs. You know they they have uh, 
optical transceivers that are discounted up to 99% off is, doesn't mean 99% of the optical transceiver is free. MemoryDealers.com, they um, are your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs. You can find them at MemoryDealers.com. Okay, so, yes, Mark, it costs money to operate the CAM at cam.freetalklive.com. It costs money to operate our website. It costs money to, uh, you know, we've got to pay for the power that runs the CAM and the servers that run the CAM and, and all of that. Uh, but to the end user, it is free. They don't have to be concerned with those costs, thanks to good people like MemoryDealers.com. What part of that is uh, wrong? You know, in this particular instance, since it's a marketing tool, um, I think you can say free. But, um, you know, talking about free as if things actually are free is, you know, it, it's unfair to the people that pay for them. I don't think Memory Dealers is going to have a problem with it because, well, you know, it's the lure to get people in there. They can see their banner, things like that. MemoryDealers.com. All right, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. This is a story that appeared over at freekeen.com, and I believe it is also at uh, freetalklive.com, where a quadriplegic has been busted for pot. Arthritis attacks, by the way, according to the St. Petersburg Times, arthritis attacks his neck and shoulders. Painful spasms ripple across his crippled body. Imaginary needles stab his useless feet. John Herring has lived with the chronic pain since becoming a quadriplegic two decades ago. Then he found a way, he said, to ease his aching body and to lift his depression. And now he's going to jail for it. Herring, 45 years old, was caught growing his own marijuana, a remedy that he says he turned to after prescription painkillers wrecked his body and his mind. Legal narcotics leave him drugged, depressed, and in an angry stupor, he said. Sometimes I just want to end it all, said Herring, but when I smoke, it's like the world's lifted off my shoulders. It's like I can deal with what I have to deal with in this wheelchair. But Florida laws, as though it's not bad enough just being in a wheelchair. Yeah, yeah. And it's got to really, really stink. This guy has, uh, you know, excruciating pain to go along with being in a wheelchair. Florida law, however, does not allow the medicinal use of marijuana and likely won't anytime soon. Herring's only legal means of relief is to start using narcotics again. If he doesn't and the state catches him with marijuana again, he could go to prison. So he's just going to jail for now. Jail meaning less than a year, prison meaning more than a year. Yeah, I think this is 10 days um, that they got, gave him. Herring's plight comes uh, as more and more Americans favor legalizing the medicinal use of marijuana. According to a recent Associated Press CNBC poll, 60% of Americans support the use of med- uh, medicinal marijuana. Marijuana Policy Project says 14 states allow medical marijuana and a dozen more are considering such laws, but not Florida. A proposed amendment to the state constitution to legalize medicinal marijuana failed to get on the November ballot. doesn't say why that is. I don't know if that means they didn't get enough signatures or it failed. what. It, it, it's, it's never going to go anywhere because the population of Florida is so old yeah. and um, that it's just not going to go anywhere. These, you know, these people are stodgy. And the Sorry. population is not going to change. It's no. going to continue being old in Florida. Uh, but not Florida, according to the story here, there are no bills in the legislature for it either. The bureaucrat head of the Office of Drug Control said he personally opposes legalizing medicinal marijuana. It's a wolf in sheep's clothing, he said. It's a subterfuge in order to get marijuana legalized. And what's the problem with that? Yeah, would it be so terrible? The children. 
Well, are the children <laughs> drinking alcohol? The children are already doing pot. Well, yeah. I, I lived in Florida. I can tell you. Well, yeah, but the, but uh, but if it's made legal, then it's going to be worse. The what? Uh, I then don't know about drink that. It, well, you're not answering the question. Um, children? Children are <laughs> are children drinking pot. alcohol? Yes, <laughs> yes, they are. But, but they can't get it as easily to. as they can get marijuana. So the fact that marijuana is illegal, you might be able to extrapolate from that, is, in fact, making it easier for children to get marijuana. So you must hate children if you want it illegal. If you legalize, you hate children, sir? If you legalize you hate children, drugs. don't you? I love children, and I want to keep drugs out of their hands. Yeah, but oh, well, yeah. what if you're you doing is counterproductive children, to that. If you loved children, you'd lock them into jail cells, too, if you found them with drugs. Um, That's okay. where children with drugs belong. What about children cell. that drink alcohol? They belong in cells, too. That's what about what their do. parents? Their give parties it, what about weekend. their parents in like Europe that give them wine and stuff like that? Do you want to put all them well, in? Well, that's Europe. they got their own laws. We don't worry about that. <laughs> but, we don't worry but about that. They them seem to hippies. be doing okay over there. <laughs> Bunch of socialists over there in Europe, Mark. What you talking about? Yeah. God hates France. Uh According to uh, Mr. Grant, he said a subterfuge in order to get marijuana legalized. Indeed, 55% of Americans still oppose making marijuana legal for everyone, according to the CNBC poll. The Marijuana Policy Project... How many? What's the percentage? 55% oppose. That's really not very much. <laughs> nope. The Marijuana Policy Project does, in fact, support widespread legalization, but spokesman Mike Mino pointed to mounting scientific evidence that marijuana can relieve the pain and symptoms of debilitating illnesses such as cancer, glaucoma, HIV, AIDS, and multiple sclerosis without the side effects of prescription narcotics. I had the opportunity on uh, 420, on April 20th, at the Concord State House smokeout extravaganza, I uh, had the uh, the opportunity to toke up with a medical uh, marijuana patient, which was uh, you know this was a, it was a nice nice moment for me because uh, there we were out in public, and it's rare that the medical marijuana patients will come out and do this because they don't want to go to jail, you know they don't want to be uh, the martyr, if you will, for the for the marijuana movement. They'd like to see it legalized, but uh, it could be really difficult for them to be in jail, as it will be for this uh, this gentleman here because the uh, the healthcare services. <laughs> are not exactly the best uh, when uh, when you're in jail. And trying to sleep on those mattresses, not exactly the uh, the most comfortable situation for somebody who's got a chronic pain uh, that they're dealing with. And so I was uh, there with this elderly, I wouldn't know, elder, maybe not elderly is not the right word, but lady in her 60s, uh, and and she was she was a little nervous about doing it, but she smoked pot with, with me and other people there at, uh, right out in front of the state house, and I just thought that was a, yeah. a cool moment. Very and, beautiful thing. Yes, and for her, it was like it, like it is for a lot of people, where just taking a few tokes is enough to cause the sensation that they want. It's enough to uh, to make the, pro- the, po- the problem dulled or the pain dulled. Uh, it doesn't require them to keep puffing on bowl after bowl after bowl. Right. They don't have to get super stoned or no. anything like that. They just get, you know, just a little bit. There's more coming up here at 800-259-9231. But more about this uh, quadriplegic here in a moment. This is Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever might happen to be on your mind. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. 
the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. You'll find that the features are free, and they include the bulletin board system with over 500,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about there. Serious issues, fun stuff, silly nonsense. You'll find it all over at bbs.freetalklive.com. Word of warning, however, it is virtually unmoderated, so keep that in mind. bbs.freetalklive.com. If you're uh, thinking about getting into gold and silver, either as an investment, a hedge against inflation, or having it as a barter currency, before you make any purchases, go to gold.freetalklive.com. We have uh, gold and silver coins there that I've handpicked. Not for their numismatic value or collectible value or anything like that. Just for the value of the gold and silver that's in them. And I think you'll be happy with them. Those are the ones that I like just for that purpose. And you can go to gold.freetalklive.com. If you are on a limited budget and you know, you'd like to put some money away towards uh, you know, silver or gold or precious metals, you can call this number that I'm going to give you and uh, do the layaway plan with uh, Midas Resources, the purveyor of uh, precious metals that we've teamed up with here and the syndicate of the show and you'll not only be supporting uh, you know yourself by uh, getting gold and silver but you'll be supporting free talk live too the telephone number is 877-857-9938 877-857-9938 gold.freetalklive.com government claim in their documents their founding documents that they were formed by consent they claim that they are formed to protect people's li- uh, right to life liberty and property but they don't do that stuff here's a great example we're talking about a story from the st petersburg times where john herring a 45 year old man is looking at jail time because he was growing cannabis because he's a quadriplegic I keep putting more uh, uh, syllables in there. Quad- it's not quadriplegic. It's quadri, quadriplegic. Yes. He's a quadriplegic, and he's in a sig- significant amount of pain. And he found that marijuana works for him. He found that uh, smoking some cannabis helps solve his problems without doping him up like the uh, the prescription medications do. He right. he felt like the uh, he, his words were that the prescription narcotics leave him feeling drugged and depressed and in an angry stupor, but the marijuana doesn't do that. Now, uh, I I used to have troubles with depression and anxiety when I was a teenager, mm. um, and my sister did as well, uh, and our mother does as well. But mm. uh, um, I found that marijuana helped out a lot more than uh, I took prescription drugs for a while, and they just made me feel like a zombie. What what drugs? Uh, Zoloft. And what is it? What is the intent of Zoloft? What is it uh, supposed to it's do? It's supposed to stimulate uh, serotonin creation in the brain, I believe. Um, I don't remember. Yeah, I I remember. I all I really do remember about it is that I lost my appetite a lot. I would get nauseous a lot. I. Uh, oh, that sounds horrible. Yeah, I, I I lost my sex drive. It was pretty awful. And now they recommend that you don't give it to anyone under eighteen. I know that we had a co-host on this show uh, at one time who, uh, Mike, in the very beginning, who was on antidepressants, and he had a lot of the same, same problems, yeah. uh, lower sex, lowered sex drive, uh, uh, breaking out, uh, pimples, that kind of thing all over. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just, just it made it real difficult for him to, uh, to, to get through his, his life. I mean, he wasn't dealing with anything like this guy was, um, but there are so many different stories out there about people who found that marijuana just works better than the crap they want to sell you in the uh, the pharmacy which is 
in many cases, more expensive than black market marijuana is. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> so, yeah, in, in, in a lot of cases, the people that are, that are buying stuff on the black market, or in this case, growing their own, they're saving a significant amount of money. Not only are they getting the help that they need from this plant, this miracle plant, uh, but at the same time, they're also putting money towards food and other things that are more important than buying pills. So really, it seems like a no-brainer. It seems like, wow, well, if you have any uh, any modicum of human compassion in you that you would, of course, say, well, well, yeah, what, what, wait, th- this is illegal? Well, that's crazy. We need to do whatever we can to change this. But it's not happening in Florida. They're not even, they're not even there's not even anything on the table uh, as far as legislatively or anything like that to, uh, to make a change here. And the, the drug warriors continue to advocate hurting people like this man. Uh, his name is John Herring. And here's a little bit of his story, again from the St. Petersburg Times. He uh, was a 24-year-old truck driver, so uh, two decades ago in Ohio, when a kid pulled out in front of his 18-wheeler in 1989, he rolled his rig trying to avoid the young man. The uh, cab's roof collapsed onto Herring's forehead. He dislocated his C6 vertebrae and fractured C7. Soon, he regained the use of his his arms and hands, but not his fingers and not his legs. It's like taking a 24-year-old man and sticking him back in a baby's body, he said. The accident robbed him of mobility, not the ability to feel pain. He was prescribed narcotic painkillers and muscle relaxers and later antidepressants. That's a lot of pills. His mother, Melissa Morrow, said that we didn't want him to be around when he was on the narcotics. No one wanted to be around him. A therapist showed Herring another, albeit illegal, way to cope. He told me if I ever wanted to survive, I had to get off these pills, he said. We left the hospital and burnt that night. Pretty much, I've been smoking ever since. Herring started growing his own marijuana in his Clearwater home. Smoking pot allowed him to live his life, he said. He could drive his pickup and earn extra money hauling boats and classic cars. He had relationships again. Five years ago, he even had children of his own. Twins, Logan and Sonona. He says, I stand up and fight. Oh, excuse me, I can stand up and fight or give up. Marijuana wants me to fight. The pills want me to give up. But it looks like he may have to give up. Herring's been arrested twice in as many years for cultivating marijuana. He was caught with 41 plants in 2007 and three times that many in 2009. In 07, Herring told the police he sold marijuana for extra money, but he was never charged with that offense. The first case was dropped after he completed a pretrial intervention program. A year after the arrest, Herring said he started growing pot again. The latest arrest will send him to jail for 90 days. Oh, I thought this was 10 days. No, it's 90. My mistake. And he has to serve three years of drug offender probation. That means drug testing. A failed test. And and a probation officer going through your house. Oh, boy. A failed test will land him in front of a judge facing up to five years in prison. Yeah, he just got a life sentence. It's part of what Herring's attorney called the lenient plea bargain approved last week. Does it make sense to lock a man up in a wheelchair, asks uh, Pinellas Pasco. Excuse me, that's, that was actually the editorial of the, the, the article. Pinellas Pasco state attorney Bernie McCabe said his office mitigated Herring's sentence because his medical condition is legitimate and there were no allegations of drug dealing in his latest arrest. See, they're doing him a favor. But Herring is going to jail, said the state attorney, because he broke the law again. There has to be some consequence in my view. Said McCabe. Consequence for what? What did he do to He broke anyone the law, else? Luther. Yeah, but who did he hurt? The law. Yeah, well, they're mm-hmm. hurting him by doing this. The state is hurt. He hurt the state's feelings. <laughs> the, the state. <laughs> He's shaking the very foundations of Western civilization by smoking this plant. That's right. It's going to come tumbling down. Yep. 
Marijuana came with a cost for Herring. The mother of his grandchildren moved them away in, excuse me, children moved them away in 2007. She feared losing their children if Herring got caught, which he did. But prescription drug abuse also poses a growing problem. Prescription drugs kill six Floridians a day, said the state, and the number of deaths is increasing at five times the rate of illegal drugs. Herring's attorney questions the wisdom of laws that force his client to take more powerful and dangerous drugs. He said they take away from him the one thing that has worked and force him to take something more toxic. There's no logic to it. Absolutely not. There's no logic and there's no love. Well, there's logic um, because if these people don't go after him, then it does shake the very foundations of the drug war. And they make a whole bunch of money off of that. They don't... If there's no drug war, these prosecutors aren't the important guys in their communities mm. that they are. Ninety-something percent of their convictions are probably drug-related. I don't know if it's 90, but it's a lot. It's I would, a lot. I would guess. Yeah, certainly. I've sat in an arraignment in, down in Florida. And and when I say drug-related, I don't mean about drugs necessarily. You've got to consider that many many of the thefts that are, Senator, uh, that, that, that are committed are committed by people who want to get drugs very badly. I met a lot of them in prison. You can believe me. I mean, certainly there were just plain old thieves out there, and I was one of them at one point. But, um, you know, some of them were just people trying to get drugs. I mean, who really, besides the most ardent statist, could support something like this? Who could support putting this man in a jail cell for medicating himself with what he thinks works best? 1-800-259-9231. If you are that person, we'd love to hear from you in the remaining moments of Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. There are only moments remaining, but enough time for your call if you make it now to 1-800-259-9231. That would be the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features uh, of the site are free. The main feature of the website is the site itself. It allows you to actually influence the stuff we'll talk about here. You can submit show prep ideas to the site. Other listeners and you can vote up and vote down the different uh, items that are there, and the most popular ones will make it to the front page of the website at freetalklive.com. The uh, phone lines on Free Talk Live are sponsored by SACL CAI. They have a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, and they record every call so that, and have the best equipment that money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's SACL CAI. All right. We continue taking your phone calls about what you want. Ladies come first. Amanda is on the line in Texas. Amanda, you're on Free Talk Live. Amanda in Texas going once. Amanda, oh, sounds he's gone. Like a, sounded like a click to me. All right. 800. I bet she was cute. <laughs> 1-800-259-9231. Are the cute ones more likely to hang up uh, before they get on the air? Oh, absolutely. Okay. We'll continue <laughs> here then. Uh, so, hey. Just since, making stuff up now. Since I would never. We were talking about drug-related stories. 
And uh, down in Florida, a man who's in his 40s is going to jail for 90 days because he got busted for growing plants. He's a quadriplegic, and they don't care. Government bureaucrats, he broke the law. Well, you know, one of the unintended consequences of having these laws in the first place is that people who want to use drugs, whether it's for a medicinal purpose, as that gentleman uh, was using marijuana, because he preferred marijuana over the narcotics that he was being prescribed, because they knocked him out and did all kinds of uh, depressing things to him that it was, it was hurting his life to take those. He chose to use marijuana. Some other people would choose to use marijuana in place of things like this. ABC News reporting that a 12-year-old California boy has been strangled by a rope in his family's kitchen. Now, the rope didn't just jump up and strangle him. Uh, Apparently, he was the latest victim of a teen fad known as the choking game. Police say Eric Robinson, a sixth grader from Santa Monica, accidentally killed himself while playing the choking game, a deadly pastime in which children cut off the flow of blood and oxygen to the brain to experience a momentary euphoric buzz. Robinson, a popular tween known at school for often wearing sunglasses, hanged himself using a rope on the evening of April 20th when paramedics arrived following a night. Somebody did their research there on that story, huh? Well, he's in a, there's a picture of him on his Facebook page in sunglasses. Uh, I see. Well, that, there you, now you know. Uh, so when the paramedics arrived, the boy was in cardiac arrest. He was taken to the hospital and removed from life support the next day. According to his uh, fellow student at the middle school, he was uh, he dreamed to be in the military. There were a bunch of rumors, but I don't know why he did the choking game, said his fellow student. So you're proposing that if marijuana were legalized, that people would not do the choking game, that that, uh, 12 year olds wouldn't do the choking game? I think I think that uh, I'm not saying they wouldn't do it. I just think that there are certain situations that teenagers get into where they are looking to alter their state of consciousness and they decide because they can't at 12, it's not as easy to get marijuana as it is at age, say, 18 or 17. You know, it's going to take an entire cultural shift. I mean, we're not talking about legalizing marijuana here. You're talking about an entire cultural shift where parents say to kids, hey, Take this marijuana, um, you know, 12-year-old kids, take this with you. I don't want you, you know, doing something worse. That doesn't sound to me to be very uh, likely. I mean, I I will admit to you that— I'm just um, saying it would be easier for me. I would prefer my child to smoke marijuana than do this choking game. But, man, I can't see me giving Jack at 12 years old, um, you know, a a joint and say, hey, keep this with you. If you think about doing the choking (laughs) game, smoke this with your friends instead. I mean, that's just—it's just nuts. It just doesn't—it doesn't fit into my paradigm at all. No, I got to agree with Mark on this one. You know, I mean, I played this choking game, and I was probably younger than uh, than twelve at the time. You know, I went to a dog show mm-hmm. and found some kid my age, and then we found some kids who were a little older. They showed us the choking game. We had you know fun doing it, and I've I've done it a few few times since then, and including last week. No, I. <laughs> <laughs> got no intention of cutting off the blood flow to my brain. Thanks. Yeah, I, I remember doing it, uh, and I, I guess I was uh, about 12, 11 or 12, I'd say, and mm-hmm. at the time I never would have considered smoking marijuana. Hmm. Yeah, I can't imagine how many kids do this choking game. I think that this is, it's probably a good a goodly percentage. I'm always surprised, whenever it comes up on this show, I'm always surprised by how many people, I mean, here we are, two-thirds of the studio saying they played the choking game. I never <laughs> encountered it as uh, as a teenager. Uh, yeah. Or a child. I don't know what to say. I mean, it's just the kind of thing that you either come across or you don't. And I think that it's I think it's dangerous. Okay, so you're saying you wouldn't put the choking game in the same category as, say, an inhalant? 
Um, and I, I do think that there are people that use it for that purpose, but I think that since people, uh, since kids can come across it just by informationally rather mm-hmm. than, you know, having some item or something like that. Yeah. I don't think you could have gotten, I don't know. I mean, you know, I mean, kids, kids do crazy things. Could they have gotten me to huff gasoline? I don't think so. <laughs> um, you know? But I, I did inhalants when I was 15 and 16 years old. I think now it's a terrible idea. Kids don't do those. Uh, you know, I mean, you won't hear me saying, don't smoke marijuana because I think that although there may be better decisions one can make in life, um, marijuana is significantly less harmful than so many things out there, including tobacco and alcohol. But when it comes to when it comes to these things, I, I think that I inhalants are very dangerous. I don't know about this. This choking. Well, game. I have to say what Luther uh, had to say was fairly persuasive. The idea that you never would have even considered doing something like marijuana back oh, no. then. Marijuana is bad. Well, okay, so maybe the, maybe you're right, Mark. Maybe with Choking a cultural... games kind of like masturbation. Sorry to say. I mean, because it comes from... Masturbation's sort of... a lot more safe. Uh, well, indeed, but... Masturbation I... is a lot like choking. <laughs> you, um, I, I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it's sort of... It comes from within yourself. You're able to supply the choking game with all of your I facilities. I see what you're saying. You don't need to purchase a product to uh, to do that. So it's it's something one discovers yeah. about oneself, and I, I, I think that it's tragic that people die from it. Do you it, really discover that about these... yourself? Or, or do you have to hear, hear about it from somebody? What, masturbation? No, no, no. I, I discovered... <laughs> no, the choking game. I discovered it. I mean, I, on your own, you didn't have somebody tell you. No, hey, somebody did tell this. me. Right, that's what I'm saying. Somebody told you. It doesn't that's seem like good enough for discovery unlike, for you, huh? That's not good enough for the term discovery for I you. I think if you're discovering it yourself, that means like you're just doing things to yourself to, uh, for whatever reason, you happen to try choking yourself to see what uh, what would happen. Nah, it seems unlikely. Yeah, I think you'd need instructions. Yeah, you'd have to hear about it. Uh, but but maybe you're right, Mark. You would need a cultural shift to the point where marijuana or cannabis what, didn't have that stigma attached to it uh, that it currently does, where it's it's uh, it, it is essentially put on the same level as heroin and all these other drugs. Uh, if it didn't have that stigma, if it was more popularly accepted uh, by people, I think it's by the way plenty popularly accepted in in at least in my world, the people I talk to. Uh, but in general, uh, but the if, people you talk to still wouldn't give it to a twelve year old. You know, I mean, because that's that's how the culture is about marijuana right now. I mean, it's still right. so if they ch- if that changed, if that culture changed and, and people weren't hiding it from their kids. If uh, if there was if it wasn't included in some sort of anti-drug class and there wasn't all that po- poisonous brainwashing going on out there, then maybe it would make a difference. I certainly think it would make a difference with kids doing inhalants. I, I think that the you know kids huffing freon is because they can't get their hands on. I don't know uh, what you uh, you know what the terminology is for kid and and life Teenagers. is different now than it was when I was a kid. I mean, that's 12, true. Me too. At, at twelve, I was you know I, I think I was still playing with Star Wars figures and playing football in the mm-hmm. neighborhood. I mean, I just you know I wasn't looking at drugs weren't even on the on the the radar, but I had played this uh, this choking game before. The toll-free number for you, if you want to share your thoughts, what uh, do you think that uh, that legalizing cannabis would reduce incidents to some extent of uh, the choking game and deaths from the choking game? Well, I think that the choking game, first off, you don't see too many stories about it, right? We see them once every, what, three years now? We've seen a few of them. It, it, it's rare. Not really looking for them, necessarily. I just happened to be it's, on ABC's website, and I spotted one. So. It's tragic that a 12-year-old died Yes. For, by, from from anything, but um, and you know if if you if Mar- who knows what could happen uh, if, if some kid twelve year old were getting stoned for the first time and 
you know, walks out in the street and gets hit by a car. There's all kinds of things that happen. Accidents happen, and it's really unfortunate. But I don't know that this choking game is some scourge sweeping the nation. Yeah, no, it doesn't happen that often, at least as far as the deaths are concerned. The story here uh, says that 82 children have died playing the game, allegedly from 1995 to 2007. So in 12 the, years, 82 deaths. Yeah, I think more kids have been killed by electric uh, car windows than, um, you know, th- than that. What I is don't. that, like one a month, basically? It, 12 years, 82, something like that. Is that, that in, the, in the United States? Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's not a good thing. According to the uh, Journal of Pediatrics, they published something in January finding that a third of 162 doctors, 32%, had never heard of the choking game. A quarter of those who responded could not identify a single physical warning sign of a child's participation in the game, such as Is bruising, there a physical warning sign? Such as bruising around the neck, headaches, and bloodshot eyes. Mm. Also known as Blackout, Rocket Ride, Flatliner, and the Fainting Game, the game is typically played by adolescents and young teenagers. So, yeah, that seems like a decent enough reason to have a conversation with your kids. Like, hey, uh, that would be a conversation I would have. Look, don't play the damn choking game. I'll give you some pot. All right, we're we're done. It's Benny in here with you. And Luther. And Mark. I'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet! And get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.